Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe presented by Coop Aleworks. The draft is in the rear view. The draft press conference is in the rear view. Now it's time to actually do the work and that's why we're here. It is the Summer League Preview Pod and to help us preview Summer League a little bit more, we are joined by radio play-by-play for the Thunder, Matt Pinto. Help us break down all things Summer League. But guys, before we get into that, let's take a look back, take a step back. We were all at that press conference on Saturday. A lot of fun things happened and a lot of good information coming from that day. Yeah, I, you know, I loved what Sam said about there's some level of uniformity among the four picks. They all have incredible length. They all have yeah. wingspans over seven feet. And he touched on they all are really good decision makers, which means they make their teammates better. And that was evident when you watched all four play in college. All are good passers, good ball movers. Also, three of the four really good isolation players, mm-hmm. which translates incredibly well to the modern game. Well, the other thing that you noted there is just the length and the size. All these guys are like, except for for J Dub, Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. You know, three of the four guys are six foot ten or or, yeah. or taller. Yes. And something that Sam pointed out is that height in the NBA equals time. Mm-hmm. You have more time, more ability to uh, see what's happening and developing on the floor and. This is kind of a through line in a lot of things that Sam talks about, even off the floor. You want to do things to try to give yourself more time as a player, as an organization, Mm -hmm. uh, because you can make better decisions that way. It was really cool to see just the the common through lines because obviously all these players had different paths to where they are now. They have all hit different roadblocks Mm -hmm. along the way. But one thing that he also pointed out was just because, you know, these guys have the height, the talent and the skill that... It, to be in the NBA, you have to have resilience and a hard work ethic, and all these guys have that too. And the thing that stands out to me along those lines, Paris, is Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, yeah. because very few players went to the Combine in Chicago thinking they had first-round grades on them going in and did everything. He did everything. All the drills, participated in every single game he could, and he told me that he just loves the game, because I was asking him, was that about elevating your draft stock and <laughs> becoming a lottery pick? And he said, that's a byproduct, but I love the game, and I yeah. wanted the league to know how in love I am with basketball and how they're getting a player that's going to be a gym rat, that, that loves every aspect of it. This is a guy who was five foot nine when he was a sophomore in high school. He said he never played any other sport it's just like been all hoops yeah. all the time yeah. for him um he, he picked the number eight because of his love for kobe bryant so yeah. um this guy is a hooper through and through and i think paris to your point each one of these guys i mean we just mentioned the the fact that uh jalen williams out of santa clara you know grew from five foot nine to six foot yep. six over a course of just a few years that was sort of this like ceiling that he literally broke through, but he also had to break through that mentally from sort of just having that good chip on your shoulder. Each one of these guys has had some, you know, similar type of story in terms of having to, you know, break through something a little bit difficult or challenging in their uh, basketball careers, but then also, you know, find ways to impact performance on the floor that aren't just about themselves, very team oriented in that way. Yeah. And that's something that they're going to join a Thunder group that is building on some continuity. And that's something that Sam really mentioned in his, his pre-draft or post-draft press conference, the night of the draft was, this is really the first opportunity for this group to start building on some continuity. And so when you start to think about these four guys and how they're going to be able to fold into this group, Mm -hmm. that's really, really interesting to think about. Yeah. I mean, Mark Dagnall talks all the time about we want to initiate offense from all spots on the floor, not relying on one singular individual to make that happen. All four of these guys kind of amplify that point. And when we talk about length, when you have um, the force that, that in essence dictates to a defense, Mm -hmm. you've got to 
you know, lock into each of the five guys on the floor, suddenly there's space for SGA or, um, you know, Josh to, to do his thing in, in open space or Chet Holmgren to do his thing in open space. And it's going to be beneficial to everybody. And it's going to be fun to watch. It really is. Yeah, with Holmgren, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, every set of clips that you watch of him, he's grabbing a de- defensive rebound and just flowing directly into offense on mm-hmm. the other end of the floor. I mean, that is the exact type of less patterns, more rhythm type of play that the Thunder wants to see. And then even a guy like Jalen Williams out of Arkansas, 6'10", 240 pounds, you know, Sam Presti classified him as like a blocker, tackler mm-hmm. type of player. But that also in this modern NBA includes initiating offense out of the high post, out of the top of the key. This was a player that... Arkansas used as a trail man and they played through the trail man initiating on you know split actions off the wing all sorts of different ways to get things going and and if you imagine that with guys like Trey right. Mann in the second unit mm-hmm. Aaron Wiggins cutting off of that movement and Kendrick Williams style dives to the rim I mean this is a guy that can fit in quite seamlessly with this random basketball the Thunder wants to play and it seems like he's got a little Collison in him yeah, led absolutely. the NCAA in charges drawn <laughs> knows where he needs to be the other thing I love about and I watched him play a lot through the NCAA tournament he was dominant. I mean, he averaged yeah. 14 plus points, nearly 12 rebounds, two mm-hmm. and a half assists against some really high level competition. Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren mm-hmm. from Gonzaga. And he also saw Mark William, Williams from uh, Duke, guys right. that were all really high draft picks. And one other guy, I, I love the, the story of Jalen Williams and just the amount of charges that he takes. That just speaks to my soul <laughs> as somebody who also took a lot of charges at playing basketball. But another guy who kind of fits into this element of a lot of length, a lot of size, and good decision-making, Usman Jang yeah. out of France. I mean, this is a guy who the Thunder's had eyes on since he was young, just 13 years old, and now he's grown, he's blossomed, and kept all the skills when he before he hit that growth spurt to become the size that he is right now. The ball handling, the vision, the passing, all of that, he's kept it. And so that's another guy who could really fold in well to this group. And he got better as the season went on uh, playing in the Australian uh, League, which is considered to be probably the toughest physical league aside from the NBA for young guys that are looking to sort of indoctrinate themselves into pro basketball. So uh, he deserves a lot of credit for that. Sam Presti has acknowledged that in moving from France away from the culture he grew up in to, in essence, commit himself to his craft, commit himself (laughs) to basketball in a foreign land in a really difficult environment. But as the season wore on, he got better. Mm -hmm. The numbers translated that way. And I think his level of confidence grew. And that bodes really well for him stepping into summer league play and into training camp here. Just one game, but to highlight your point, he had a a 22.6 rebound, six assists, two block, two steal game against Southeast Melbourne when he was a part of the New Zealand Breakers. And that was just sort of this exclamation point on the growth and development that he was able to achieve achieved during that one season in the NBL. And he actually talked to us about how watching Josh Giddy do his thing on the NBA mm-hmm. level kind of solidified his confidence in this concept that he he took himself across two oceans to, to go <laughs> to go play uh, in New Zealand in this very foreign place to him. And um, I, I just think it's really inspirational to see a, a kid like this go out of his comfort zone in that way. And out of his comfort zone in the sense that he didn't even play in New Zealand due to yeah. COVID protocols. They were yeah. based out of Melbourne mm. in Australia. So they didn't even have any right. home games while point. he was yeah. in that first season with the NBL. So there were a lot of different elements of adversity that were coming at him. And the way that he navigated that clearly spoke volumes to the Thunder. I think the other thing that as a fan of the game that you really take in is that Sam Presti saw him when he was 16 in Mm -hmm. France. That's a three-year run-up to gauge 
who this person is. How does he uh, begin to develop as a basketball player? And although Usman doesn't recall Sam being there when he was 16 <laughs> in gyms in France, um, Sam lays that story out and it just tells us the level of and depth of uh, work that's done to prepare for NBA drafts. It's not just about the immediate, but it's a three-year runway in some instances. And on the flip side, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara got on their radar kind of late in the yeah, game, yeah. but they were willing to trust their instincts with him and are really happy they have him now. It was kind of hilarious um, the way that uh, we were watching these pre-draft interviews with some of the, the top picks and almost every single one of them was like, oh, yeah, the Thunder's seen me like more than any other team. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like every player. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. how has the Thunder had the time to be on top of every single one of these guys? But that, you know, the Thunder views the draft as one of its competitive advantages. And so you have to maximize that competitive advantage any way that you can. And the way the Thunder does that is with information. Absolutely. They have a really strenuous process that mm-hmm. they go through, really internal process mm-hmm. of analysis and evaluation and that's something that they've crafted over a long time to make sure that they make these solid decisions on draft night going back to saturday's event it wasn't just about the players which i thought this was this was really spoke volumes about the thunder but they held the event at the clara looper center for educational services and the the amount of community elements to saturday's just event spoke volumes to that these guys are not just joining a roster to play basketball, but they're also joining the community too. Well, it's one thing to talk it. It's another thing to walk it. The Thunder have always done that. Connectivity to the community and getting inventive in the way they go about, you know, continue to ingratiate themselves to different causes in this state. It's not just the community of Oklahoma City. This was another example of that. Yeah. I mean, this is something that the the Thunder has been yearning for, for the last two years now, basically, as we've been in the midst of a pandemic. This is what the Thunder is all about, Matt, as you're mentioning, that the connection to the community. And when that's been taken away from you, the inability to go into schools, to be on the book buses, to be um, in senior centers and all that type of thing. This is a great opportunity to make sure that these players who mm-hmm. are starting their NBA careers and, and starting their careers in Oklahoma City got a taste of like, OK, this is what we're all about. Yep, a full 360 degree yeah. view of what it means to wear that Thunder yep. logo. And as soon as they stepped out of that press room, they got a chance to sit there and talk to Clara Looper's daughter, Marilyn yeah. Looper Hildreth, yeah. got a full history of Clara Looper's life and legacy and just what she meant to the Oklahoma community. They even got to go out and hang out with some kids before they took their pictures as players like. It was just, it was a really, really encouraging sight to see and really awesome to see these guys get a taste of the Thunder community and the city that they're about to join. We're going to take a break really quickly before we jump back into Summer League and everything you need to know leading into those two Summer Leagues. Coop Works is the proud sponsor of Thunder Basketball Universe. Brewers of the fan favorites F5 IPA and 99 Calorie Ice Chest IPA. You'll find those and many more Coop beers at retailers across Oklahoma. Learn more at CoopLWorks.com. All right, it is time to look ahead. And the Thunder's got quite a lot of work ahead of them for this summer league because they're not just competing in one. No, they're competing in two separate summer leagues. And the first one is going to take place in Salt Lake City. Nick Gallo, you will be there on the ground for this one. That's going to be July 5th through 7th. And then 
The Thunder takes things over to Las Vegas and they'll be there through July 7th through the 17th. So a lot of work to be done on the floor for these guys and really good opportunities for these guys to come together as a unit. Yeah, and as you mentioned, I'll be in Salt Lake City. You're going to cover us the first half I got of you. Las Vegas. I'll come back and relieve you for a little bit in Vegas. You don't have to be there for 10 straight days. That's yeah. a lot for a anybody. Lot <laughs> um, and, and we'll also have our amazing content team, um, videographers, photographers, our social media squad. They will be on the ground making sure that you get every glimpse of some of these rookies who were just talking about getting their first uh, NBA yeah. level action in their first times in their Thunder jerseys. And then there's likely going to be some veteran players returning as well to right. participate in these um, summer league games. At three in Salt Lake City, five in Vegas. And if you think about it, that's eight games. That's 10% of an NBA regular season schedule mm -hmm. that they have an opportunity to utilize as this little capper to what, what Sam Presti calls the development season. You yeah. know, there's an NBA regular season, and for some teams, there's the playoffs, which constitute a second season. And for other teams, there's a development season. And that really runs from May through June into July. Matt, how do you see the Thunder optimizing and utilizing this development season that's kind of capped by Summer League? Yeah, Cameron Woods will coach the teams, uh, which will be fun to see. He's an opportunity to sort of spread his wings yeah. a little bit, mm -hmm. get his hands on them from a, a head coaching perspective, uh, upwardly mobile as an assistant coach with this organization for certain. I think, you know, the building of some level of continuity, mm -hmm. understanding the system and the structure on both sides of the ball, because there is one, yeah. uh, learning Thunder ways, uh, also learning each other games and there are going to be individual things that they've been I'm guessing talked to about to improve themselves coming off of what their most recent experience was so there are a lot of different layers and levels and the one thing I'd caution is as you watch this team play and there will be opportunities because the games will be televised um, don't draw too much into some of the things that as a fan you might believe they should be doing better right. they may be focused in other areas is my point yeah that's a great point Matt and you know there's going to be, we talked about blocking and tackling earlier. Sometimes that's the most important part of, of their games to establish themselves as a player that can be in an NBA rotation. Not every single one of these guys that's going out there is trying to become a 22 point per mm -hmm. game scorer at the NBA level. They recognize that their contributions long-term need to be invested elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So Paris, as you think about, um, you know, these, especially returning guys, and we don't know exactly who's going to participate mm -hmm. quite yet. Um, what what will you be looking for in terms of how they attack uh, their summer league opportunities? Because as Sam has mentioned, the growth of this team moving forward is likely going to come from the returning guys, not necessarily rookies. We know rookies don't always impact uh, performance right. on the floor to the same degree. Well, the thing for me in recognizing that this is a very young Thunder roster, and we know as you know reporters and people who follow the team that the most gains that a player makes in their NBA careers are normally done in their first and second off yeah. seasons, right? Yeah. So most of these guys are going to come back with new tools in their toolkit, probably a little bit more, you know, <laughs> muscle and meat mm -hmm. on their bones. And that's because we heard in Sam's media availability after the season ended that this team has to come back a more physical team. They got to be able to, to withstand the blows that come with an NBA season and handle, you know, opponents that might be bigger than them and throw and throw, you know, big punches. And so I'm interested to see how these guys have have grown from just a, a physical, like looking at them. Yeah. And we saw this from Teo Maladone last season. Yeah. He came back and we were like, 
okay, yeah, he's been in the gym. Yeah. He's been working out. He's been lifting weights. He looked from the eye test, he looked different. Right. And so I imagine we're going to see several of those instances with these guys where you look at them and you're, you can tell that they've been working. But when they get on the floor, that's when you're going to be able to see just exactly what they've been putting to the test in the gym. Yeah. And they'll get an opportunity to play again some of the higher level draft picks in this past draft. There's going to be a level of intrigue there, not just here, but nationally. There's mm -hmm. no doubt that's going to be spotlighted. Uh, so I think that just the full acclimation process from ground zero, and this will be ground zero. And and Nick, as you mentioned, this is the developmental stage. This yeah. is the, it's going to take time stage. You draft players, you see their skill set. Maybe you want to mold it somewhat into what your system is, or maybe tweak your system a bit to accentuate what they bring, but it's a process and it will take time. This is only the second draft for this team in this reboot. And I think we all need to remember that as well. And one thing also to, to remember is there's just some basic like fundamental professional habits that these guys are having to to hone and develop as well not to say that these guys you know weren't um, on top of their games at their respective colleges or uh, professionally like Usman Jang was but it's a different beast in the NBA yes. and so being able to understand what is asked of you as an NBA player what's expected of you and what you have to do beyond those expectations in order to be able to stick in the NBA all of those things it's all swirling a million miles an hour for these yeah. guys this first couple of weeks at Summer League. And so they're trying to get their feet on the ground and figure out, okay, what do I need to do? Especially now that as professionals, they've got all of those decisions on their plate as opposed yeah. to those decisions being made for them. Paris, you know that as a former college athlete. Absolutely. And yeah. the other thing I'll add to that is this Summer League, and I want to get your perspectives on this as people who've been to Summer League more than I have. The, it's more than just about what happens on the floor. Mm -hmm. It's about integrating into your brand new team, yeah. right? These are guys that you're going to be shoulder to shoulder with for 82 games, getting to know these guys. That's why it's so important for returners, even though they might not play the full stint of summer league to be there. And we saw this last season, Lou sitting sideline yeah. watching yeah. this team yep. play. That was really fun and really cool yeah. to see those guys bond. And so that element of it too has to be really, really important and on the forefront. There's a massive tradition of Thunder players just participating in Summer League beyond just the rookies. But there's also becoming this little percolating tradition of the veteran players mm -hmm. just showing up, yeah. deciding that they're going to be there and and organizing their own workouts um, mm -hmm. in Las Vegas or wherever the, the Summer League happens to be that the Thunder's participating in. And last year was just this amazing show. There was like 12 guys sitting courtside <laughs> yes. for one of the Thunder Summer League games. And, you know, it's it's guys like Mike Muscala who right. they don't have to prove anything to anybody. And yet here they are, like, showing up for their teammates, uh, rearranging their their off-seasons, their precious days. Mm -hmm. and there's 150 days, and I know that seems like a lot, but <laughs> it's it goes by super quick for these uh, NBA players who are working so hard in the off-season. Then the other level is getting to know the staff. Yeah. Getting yeah. to know those that they're counting on for different things. Nutrition, making certain that you're uh, taking care of of the film study that you know accentuates what your responsibilities will be with your next opponent. There's a right. continuum that goes on. Uh, learning, as you said, Nick, some of the professional habits that will be required, not just to be in the NBA, but to elevate mm -hmm. and to thrive uh, on this level. So there's a lot that goes into what the presentation is of this team. And I know that the players are, are going to be in for an eye-opening experience along those lines. Yeah, I mean, how about your equipment, guys? You don't want right. to be the player that yeah, shows exactly. up without your shorts, you know? I mean, <laughs> exactly. your shoes. I mean, yeah. hey, yeah. You 
kind of know who you got to contact for those things. And I'll say this too, and this I feel like Summer League is the perfect environment for it too, because just as fans, not even people who are playing or on the floor, it's a fun time, right? Yeah. And the first time I went, I kind of likened it to a professional AAU tournament, mm-hmm. right? There's coaches everywhere, yeah. players everywhere, mm-hmm. there's staff, but there's always basketball yeah. happening. And for a basketball junkie, and for people who love the sport, Summer League is just so fun. Yeah, and I like what you said there about, like, basketball junkie versus necessarily that AAU environment because one of the things that the Thunder has done is they've really tried to take these games seriously. And I think there's maybe an external view of Summer League as let's roll the ball out there and let people, like, go off and Mm. shine. But the Thunder is not consumed by any of those trappings. This is about exactly what Matt was pointing out and, Mm -hmm. and what we've discussed here so far today is, like, how can we get a baseline reading of some of these players and for, you know, second, third year guys, how are we continuing to hone the types of skills that will make you a long-term NBA player? Yep. This is, it's going to be a lot to watch and it's going to be really fun to watch too, because you, like you're saying, the Thunder takes this very seriously. And so, you know, these guys are going to be put in the right environment to make sure that their development is kicked off on the right foot. So let's get you all, all settled with what's on tap for the Thunder. Like we mentioned, July 5th through the 7th, the Thunder will have three games in Salt Lake City. You can go to OKCThunder.com and at OKCThunder on all social channels to keep up to date with what's happening there. And then turn your attention on July July 7th to Las Vegas, where the Thunder will have five games. The first one kicks off on July 9th against Houston. That will be, I'll have all coverage of that on OKCThunder.com and at OKCThunder on all social channels. But until then, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Matt Pinto, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you so much to our producer, Matt Bishop. Until next time, Thunder up and catch you later.